is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Live from Wasatch Front, Kia, 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 770 West Riverdale Road in Ogden. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Locke here in a moment. Just to be fair, Gordon, I got uh, a few tweets about Law & Order versus Hill Street Blues, and I'm going to read two of them. All right. All right. First is this. Mm-hmm. Jeff tweets in, says, I'm 48 years old, and I can tell you that Hill Street uh, uh, Hill Street Blue, let's see, sorry, I lost my place. Uh, Hill Street Blues was a great show. I was young, and I still liked it. Unlike Law & Order, they didn't need a ton of spinoffs to keep people interested, but SVU is still good, says Jeff. All right. Alan tweets in, says, Law & Order's theme is nothing special, but it didn't need to be. The fact that it's the best thing people remember about Hill Street Blues says everything. It's not the only thing. There was great drama in that uh, show. I think it's the only thing people remember, oh, or even no. by your own admission, the best thing about the show. I love this. I just love the song. Yeah. But I, I you also... called it the most beautiful song ever written. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say you kind of did. Most beautiful. I did not. You're exaggerating. I like the song, but I like the position, the juxtaposition against the, the, uh, you know, the rugged uh, action in the show. Mm. All right, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial properties own listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. David, what's going on, buddy? Not much, guys. How are you? It's beautiful out here. Unbelievable. A little chilly today, but sitting outside and looking at the colors and just a mar- Park City is as beautiful as I have ever seen it last weekend. I'm not sure it's ever been as, as just amazing as it is right now. It's just gorgeous. What a place. Pretty, prettier in the winter or the fall or the summer? Well, it's always prettier if there's 16 inches of powder. There's nothing equal to that. Don't <laughs> think I've changed. Don't like I've not lost my mind. I'm still consistent. Um, but usually the colors come in batches. So, like, you'll have a span of reds and then you'll have a span of yellows and maybe the oranges and they just, all, for whatever reason this year, they all happen at the exact same time. So I just don't recall having as many different colors fall color changes at the exact same time as we have right as we've had it right now it's it, it's really marvelous all right david real quick a really stupid question feel free not to elaborate but just to uh, for the sake of gordon's and my argument which would you rather watch hill street blues or law and order the original neither neither okay all right that's an answer Gordon's into the Hill Street Blues, and I like. Well, I was at the time. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but West, you know, West Wing. I never, uh, never consumed the West Wing myself. So there. You oh, go. you can All go right. back and still watch it. It's great. I just rewatched it. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't watch anything but the NBA. But, um, you know, I'm not that sophisticated. I sit at night and I work a lot, and then I watch the NBA. It's really what I do. I'm not. They, like, people always ask me, like, what TV show do you watch? I'm like, the NBA. <laughs> well, those shows were on. Like, they always say. Like, they'll always say, so, but no, I mean, like, you travel so much. Like, what do you watch? Like, I sit on the plane and watch the NBA. And then I get in my hotel room and I watch the NBA. That's what I do. <laughs> I just watch the NBA. 
All right, so I have a question for you real quick before we get into some jazz questions. But David wondered what you thought of the NBA Board of Governors approving instant replay rule changes in the league. Have you uh, have you dived into that one? Yeah, I have, actually. So they've pretty much eliminated the coaches challenge from the NBA. Um, and they've and and so you have to decide whether that's all right. So there are now almost no circumstances in a game where a coach should use the coach's challenge other than the final two minutes of the game for inbounds out of bounds. And they what used I to think, not be able to do that, right? I mean, now they right. Can't. It used to be just reviewed, so you might as well use it early in the game on something that was point related. But now you better save it for that. Here's what's so interesting about this. I heard Monty McCutcheon talking about this, and I have a session with Monty McCutcheon, or we as broadcasters have a session with Monty McCutcheon either tomorrow or Friday because we have nine hours of Zoom broadcast meetings. Um, woohoo! Um, always love the nine-hour Zoom, baby. Woohoo! Um, but and it's all right. I'm kind of just – I'm actually fired up, so it's all good. Um, but here's what's – all right, so there's two things. Do you want me to – there's two things. There's a flaw in the system. And they've eliminated the coach's challenge from the game. Do you want me to dig into why they've eliminated the coach's challenge? Sure. Or is that intuitively obvious? No, go ahead. So the value of late game possession, turning a possession one way or the other, is worth two points. It's They don't get to shoot again, and you do if you've turned the possession the call. Two points in the final two minutes of the game has such mammoth value that there's only – two scenarios from talking to people around the NBA where you would now use your replay. One of them is also unique to a rule change. And that is if you, if you take a three now and kick your legs out and they call a foul and it's a, and it's good. And so now it's a potential four point play you could now review that, and they're now going to supposedly call that an offensive foul, right? Mm-hmm. So if you could flip a three-pointer that's already in the basket with a 70% chance for a free throw being good, so let's call it 3.7 points, and flip it back the other way, that's the only scenario in the game that has a higher point value of importance than having your your call late in the game. And you better be certain you're right. And then the other part of that is that no coach wants to get caught on a bad call late and not have a replay. And you used to really not have to worry about that much because out of bounds was the only one. The, the other scenario would be either a fifth foul or a third foul on Rudy Gobert. In the, right? So a foul on Rudy that's a bad call that's going to take him off the floor um, unless it's on white side, it's great. Then you you better make sure you, you get rid of that call. So those are the only scenarios. Now, here's the flaw. You want the flaw? Mm-hmm. Are you still awake? No, I'm here. Jake, you still there? Huh? <laughs> I'm still here, buddy. <laughs> um, so the um, – so the flaw in the system – is the real reason they're saying that the reason they're getting rid of this is flow of the game. Mm-hmm. But I think the real reason uh, to that is that, that you go frame by frame on 4K, and I was listening to Monty McCutcheon talking about this, 
and you can suddenly see a fingertip like of the, the ball's clearly like tapped out of bounds by me. Like I hit it out. Jake's dribbling right, and I knock it out of the hands out of J- off J- out of out of Jake's hands out of bounds. And it, it used to always be off me. There was never a question. Everyone knew it, right? Well, then we started doing replays in 4K. And you could see that actually the leather's last little bit touched upon Jake's finger when he was dribbling. But that's not really the rule, right? The rule is like who initiated knocking it out of bounds? It should be off them. So the reason, this is a large reason why they got rid of this replay is because most of those calls were kind of going the other way than what the, why the game was built and how it was supposed to be done. But now, on the most important call of the entire game, when the coach is going to challenge it, we're going to go back to doing it that way. So I don't know what the right answer is, and I'm a big believer, no complaints unless you have a solution. But this isn't great because we're, oh, we're, we're, we're kind of helping pace the play, but we've eliminated the coach's challenge. And on the most important calls, now it's going to get back into this 4K call, which is not really the right call for the play. Did I make any sense here? Is anyone still listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we tweet got you. at Jake Scott on. if you're still listening. <laughs> I I just wish they'd get rid of all of it personally, but it, you know if they all of what replay in all of sports. Why get rid of replay? Why not? It, because it's it makes the game better. I don't. I think it makes it slower, and I don't think it makes anybody any happier. And half the time they get it wrong anyway. More so, I'd say in football than basketball, but still, I think it's pretty much a waste of time. Okay. Um, I David, what, I want. I mean, I, huh? I generally think um, I generally think replay has been good for the games. I want to ask you about uh, what happened in the front office this week um, through some hires, uh, some promotions. The Jazz kind of, I don't want to say reshuffled because I don't think that's really accurate, but but um, set up their office a little bit differently than it's been in the past and i'm just curious what what stood out to you or what do you think will be impactful well there's some guys in that release that people don't know their names that no one knows that are just really and really incredibly talented people um you know that that aren't you know they're not household names right like you we don't you don't know marquise newman yet let me let me he's a local kid actually grew up around here this is a rising star in the business like this guy is going to be really really good at what it, it what he does and he got um you know he got promoted to director of pro personnel uh assistant general manager of the stars bart taylor is someone i don't think a lot of people know he's been general manager of the stars and one g league general man of the year he's now vice president of pro personnel so you know suddenly in that kind of side of the of the pro side you've got bart taylor and marquise newman these are two rising stars in the business that are that are working up you know at this uh derek gardenia we all know got a nice promotion deserves it steven schwartz is an incredible story steven schwartz got vice president of basketball strategy this is a guy who like went to law school was off to be a lawyer found the love for the game basically took an internship for like no money but had a law degree and just became so invaluable he got himself promoted um, along the way, there's another name in there, Charles Terrell, that people don't really know. Chuck's amazing. Um, he was actually, I think, with the Houston Rockets um, prior to coming over to uh, being with the Jazz, and now has you know worked his way up through the Jazz, and it's kind of like a hidden hidden star um, around. So um, you know, there's just there's just a bunch of people um, that got promoted that you just don't know about, and um, 
are guys that are really, you know, they're super impressive in what they're doing. I'm trying to think of who else was in that release. I don't have it right in front of me. I, I did know kind of that pro side of the basketball. Um, I know our good friend Derek got a promotion. So, there were, you know, you're just – you just seeing a lot of guys taking steps. Ron Kimmins is a super great guy. He's, you know, basically player wellness of sports psychology in the old terms. Um, it's been it's been really good. I just pulled up the release. Andrew Mealy's on the college side, so there's you know the same thing you're seeing on 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 the pro side of Barton Mark Marquise, uh, a rising stars. Andrew Mealy on the college side. You're gonna hear, you know these are names that are going to be the next generation of, of front office people in the NBA. David, what do you think of what you heard from jazz players on media slash content day? It seems like a lot of them are trying to exorcise the demons of the playoffs and are ready to go at it again. What do you think? So it's interesting you say that. I would not have said it that way. So I'm super interesting um, if you and I are saying the same thing or you just said it differently. So let's go with this for a second. So I really thought they had – they were going to have some scars they had to deal with, right? Like, I really thought they were going to have to exercise some issues. Like, they've had two really bad playoff, like, series losses, right? Up 3-1 and up 2-0, and that game six was, ooh. I didn't feel that at all. I felt like Milwaukee won the title after failing twice, and they looked at that, and they were like, all right, we got another swing at it. Let's go. This The only goal is championship, and we know how hard it is. And we got another swing at it. Let's go. And I, I thought there was less hand-wringing about the past from them universally as a group than I thought. I was really I was really impressed. I was particularly impressed with Mike Conley's mindset when he talked about, at least in our broadcast, we've met with all the players as well. Um, and I have not gone back to listen to all the podium stuff. Thank you for 1280 The Zone for posting most of it. I am on 1280 The Zone for most hours these days listening to all these, and I appreciate you guys posting them. Um, Austin Horton, that was for you. Uh, the the comments that Mike said to us was, you know, hey, we got to figure out what team we are this year. In other words, like this very astute awareness that, you know what, even if you have the same team, you're not, you know, you're different. People had a different offseason, different things happened to everyone's lives. And then, you know, I thought Mike was just kind of like, all right, we're going to have a shot at it. Let's go. So I was really excited that I thought there was less, less exercising demons than I thought there was going to be when we got in there. And they seemed less scarred than I thought they were. Maybe they already did their exorcising long ago. Is there something that made you, I mean, I, I interpreted your phrase is that you felt that they were trying to exercise this or did you, were you just being, you know, your usual brainy self with big words? No, no, it was, uh, that word was used by a certain person I respect within the uh, franchise. Um, uh, on pl- player, where's the uniform or where's clothes? I think it was applied to everyone, but it's certainly the players. So, no, I mean, this is what I, I think that the players have moved on and are ready to go. Yeah. More so than I think maybe everyone else was, including the fans, frankly, and maybe yeah. the front office and maybe the coaching staff. I don't know. but I, And maybe just me. I, I'm not sure. But I felt as though... I thought the players were in a really good mindset, and I, I thought that was that was interesting. 
David, uh, Coach Snyder indicated he's going to keep the rotation tight. I believe he said nine players uh, deep, right, when we was talking yeah. the other day, uh, Gordon. So uh, my question to you is the Jazz. That's they, interesting. Hit- I was, like, convinced. I was convinced he was going to 10. Well, I, I think so that's why it caught a lot of people's a lot of people's eye. But um, you know, over the years, uh, the Jazz have had players who've played their way onto the roster and played so well. They've they've carved out roles for themselves. I mean, see Joe Ingles, George Niang, Royce O'Neal, etc. So my question to you is: as we consume the preseason next week, who is a likely candidate to be able to do that, if anybody, given how tight the rotation is still going to be? All right. So I suspected that they were going to go to ten. And then Mike Conley wouldn't play in back-to-backs, and on those nights they'd be at nine. Okay? Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. And so, to me, the only real playoff, the only really position battle that is going on is whether Jared Butler or Trent Forrest gets the minutes on the night where Mike Conley doesn't play. The only other question I have Two other questions I have. Does Joe Ingles play less with the ball this year for preservation and play more at the four? If he's slowed down at all laterally, which he logically would have with age, the four is an easier position to guard than trying to guard a two or maybe even a three. So is there any reason why Joe would play more minutes at the four this year, thus opening up some regular rotation minutes for either Jared Butler or Trent Forrest? The other piece is Eric Pascal, who doesn't really have any um, natural role other than that Rudy Gay's 35 years old. So if Rudy Gay's at all nicked up and not ready to go at some point, he'll get those minutes. That's kind of the natural slide in. Does he? Does he somehow? Play? He's never played with good players. He, if you actually go look at who he played with in Golden State, Stephen Draymond were hurt, and then he played on the second unit with Stephen Draymond. Is he somehow really good with with good players? That would be a new thing for him. Um, the other one is like, I just think Hassan Whiteside could be really good. I know no one's talked about it. everyone's everywhere I go. What do you think of Rudy Gay and Jared Butler? And I was like, I think about Hassan Whiteside. Like to me, Hassan Whiteside is of all these all those conversations we just had, Jake and Gordon, like about Butler and Trent Forrest and Eric Pass. Honestly, like maybe they make one win difference this year. Maybe half a win, like just not impactful. The one that slides my meter of where the Jazz are and who they are is Hassan Whiteside. If Hassan Whiteside is good. And plays like the starting center he has been. He's never played less than 30 minutes in a year. In a game, or like, he's never played less than like 25 minutes a game back to, I think, till last year. Like, I mean, and he told us some really interesting things about having COVID um, and how he just could never get his breath again and it took him months and months. Um, but the, if he's good, like, we were horrendous defensively with Rudy off the floor last year. Like, we actually had a glaring. Weak statistical weakness on a team that was by far the best record. Well, not by far, but the best record in the NBA. Like we had a glaring, glaring, glaring weakness where we were frankly really not very good defensively for 14 minutes a night, every night. If we're like above average or even good, because Hassan White said it's 7-1 with a 7-5 wingspan, lights out. 
David, I want to underscore what you brought up because I hadn't really given it that much thought. And I think it it might be a stroke of, of brilliance if it's utilized that way. And that is Joe Ingles at more at the four. I mean, I, I know that's maybe dependent upon how the other guys perform that you brought up. But but I, I, that sounds like a good idea to me. Well, I think it is. I mean, I just think we've got to preserve him a little bit, both defensively and offensively. And I think, you know, I do think it's time to let Donovan probably handle a little bit more, right? Like, you know, quite frankly, a lot of the minutes in which Donovan Joe's handling is the minute Donovan's not. And so, and then, but the key to the key to that working is that Jared Butler or Trent Forrest have to play with the ball in their hands well enough, so that if Mike Conley or Donovan does have the ball in their hands, somebody else can. Yeah. David, you are the best. Thank you very much. And, hey, looking forward to a little pre-half and post along with Lock and Boone on Monday, man. It's Kyle, it's right around the corner. You want a crazy, 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 crazy thought? Sure. Bring it. When we talk next week, but we won't talk next week because I – all right, that's even better. We won't talk next week because I'll be busy getting ready for Mavericks Jazz preseason game number two in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Right here. Yeah. Next week. It's great. Yep. Right, hey, and ex- excited to work with you once again, David. Really, really fired oh, you up do a about great it. Job. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Do we have that other guy? That, what's, that, what's that guy's name? Yeah, that, that other that's guy doing scraggly, uh, <laughs> that scraggly Lacombe, I believe, is going like, to be back oh, the as rock, well, so. The rock star guy. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. a rock star guy. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, what's his name again? The lead singer of the, uh, singer of the Party Hounds. That would be Tim Lacombe. Yeah. yeah. That one. Guy. Oh, yeah. Is he back? He's back. Should be a lot he's of fun. He's the best. He I hope he's best. listening really badly right now. <laughs> he is the best. It's going to be a great year, and, and I'm fired up about it, David. So I, blocked, cool I blocked his phone, so he won't be he texts me and like tries to reach me again. I blocked him because of all the all the, the multi-multiple um, invitations I got to Riverside Country Club to play golf from him this summer. Like, And it was just incessant how many times he, after telling me all season, he'd invite me, and then he... And then they just kept coming. Oh, wait. Actually, I think, hmm, that's funny. Mm, strange how that works. Mm. Wow, <laughs> I bet Buddha like, went, There's a lot of talk about that. And then I never, ever got an invite. Not a single one. Strange. <laughs> Thanks, David. Strange. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz with us. And, yeah, the Dallas Jazz preseason game two will be a week from tonight. So that just shows you. It's right here. Are you ready for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> After all that enthusiasm, oh, no, all no, that no. buildup. You asked me a different question. Am I excited about it? Sure. Am I ready for it? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No, it's going to be a great year. Uh, excited Tim's back and, and working with David and, and Ron and our boy Lundy. It's going to be a blast and uh, excited to do it again and excited it's here uh, very soon. But am I ready? No. No. I'm you know who ready. Tim looks like a little bit? He looks like the assistant coach on uh, Ted Lasso. What's that guy's name again? Starts with a B. You know, this this show comes up daily on our show, and I I, I haven't seen it. I know you haven't. So why are you but looking at me? For many of our listeners have. Yeah, but you're looking at me like, well, what's his name again? I don't know. Yeah. I just meant what's his name in sort of a If I were asking, who, who was that uh, ADA on Law & Order, uh, Gordon? Uh, who was that one, uh, that one right around then? <laughs> Any idea? You know, uh, the one with the hair. All right. More coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.